Days like today are the highlight of my week, and I say that because we have a Bruin basketball game tonight. And look, if I brought up a Bruin basketball game taking place today, late November, December, fans might be a little cringeworthy. But based upon how the team is playing right now, they've won seven out of their last nine games. Hope is being restored. Fans are coming out of hibernation. And there's a level of excitement with this burgeoning program as UCLA has won seven out of their last nine games. The Bruins have Utah tonight. This is the final road trip of the regular season for UCLA. Then they've got Colorado this weekend. Now you do have the game at USC in a couple weeks, but technically you don't have to fly from UCLA to USC last time I checked, nor would anybody you know, want to go to that campus on their own volition, unless, of course, there is a basketball game taking place. Obviously, I'm a little Bruin biased here, but I digress. Welcome in to Locked on Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley. I'm also a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio. You can catch me on Fox on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Obviously, we also have the Bruin Insider Show, which airs on the radio in Los Angeles on Tuesdays from 7 to 8 at night on AM570 LA Sports. And if it's a Clipper game taking place at the same time, those darn Clippers, we get moved from 7 to 8 to AM1150. So that is a lot of fun. We do that with Nick Cope and Bruin basketball legend Tracy Murray. And speaking of Tracy, yesterday, or excuse me, on Tuesday on the Bruin Insiders Show, he provided once again his candid assessment of the state of the team. And his unfiltered comments, I'll sum up what he said as it relates to this squad later on in this particular episode. And look, I've said this before, but please make sure you subscribe to this show. Not a whole lot of places that are going to give you Bruin content on a daily basis. And the cool thing about my relationship with UCLA and with the Bruin Insider Show is that we are given access to do one-on-one interviews with players and coaches. And once it airs on the Bruin Insider Show, I have been granted the permission to air it on here. So we don't, and there are not a lot of places where you can get that kind of access. And so I'm very grateful for all those who believe in me and have enabled me that opportunity to share those really neat interviews with you here on the podcast. So how I've slotted the show for you on this episode of Lockdown Bruins. Obviously, we've got the keys to the game. I've, I've got three keys to the game that I think will prove important to deciding the victor between UCLA and Utah. Also, we're, we are going to get Tracy Murray's opinion on this team, on where it is, where it currently stands, as I sum up some of the words that he said during Tuesday's latest Bruin Insider show. Then... We'll get into, as well, some of the Bruin players and Mick Cronin's words this week during the media session and and how they feel the team is and continuing to ride this success. But let's start with something I saw on Twitter. And maybe you saw this as well in this video. Last time I checked, it had over 2 million, 2.5 million views on Twitter. And you remember the basketball great from UCLA, Marcus Johnson. So Marcus Johnson put out this video on Twitter, and he makes it very clear that, yes, he is 64 years old. So he put out this video where he says, hey, I'm 64 years old, but I can still dunk. Check out this video of me doing that. And it was very intriguing. So Marcus Johnson posts this video, and instead of, I don't know if you saw the NBA All-Star Weekend and the slam dunk competition that took place 
last weekend, but you had Aaron Gordon, who I think got snubbed because he just, I don't know, the last couple of times he's been in it, he's been a runner-up and he deserves better. But there was one dunk where Aaron Gordon jumped over seven foot five Taco Fall. And apparently you jump over a seven foot five guy and you dunk it and you still don't win the dunk competition. That makes absolutely no sense to me. But so Marcus Johnson said, okay, I'm gonna one up Aaron Gordon. I'm gonna jump over two tacos. No, not two taco falls, but two literal tacos. So he puts the two tacos on the ground, and then he runs up, jumps off two feet, slams it down with one hand. And mind you, this guy is 64 years old, 64 years old, and Johnson made it very clear that, yes, the rim was 10 feet. Now, or I guess we're going to have to take his word for it, but, you know... Maybe it wasn't quite there. I, I don't know. I, I have a little skepticism there, all in good fun. And then I asked Tracy Murray about this. I said, Tracy, what are you going to get? A video of yourself posting uh, you know, a dunk and all that. He said, no, nah, man, that's not me. And he said, even if that rim was nine and a half feet, for a 64-year-old to dunk, a former Bruin like Marcus Johnson just shows you, you know, how athletic he is. And then Tracy said that if you get to know... The Johnson family, he says, they're, they're all comedians. They're really a fun group to be around. Now, Tracy Murray is a wealth of knowledge, obviously, and given his career in the NBA and UCLA. And, and every time I get a chance to, to listen to him talk, I feel like I learned something about basketball. And I want to pass along some of the things that he said on the show to you on this episode and Tracy was asked about the glaring differences between, look, a Mick Cronin team that you can see a collective buy-in going in with, within the players. And the, what the buy-in is doing is it's leading to wins. And how this thing and what they're doing right now relates to the, the past woes that this team has experienced the last couple of years. And Tracy said, look, no longer is this team playing a glorious pickup game. He said it looked like an AAU game out there because there was no defense. And he said no longer are our players having this mindset where they come to UCLA and feel entitled. You have to earn it. And I think that is the discipline that Mick Cronin came in and said. It doesn't matter the history of this program. It doesn't matter the, the letters on your chest. That doesn't mean you're going to do anything. That doesn't give you the right to think that you are someone until you prove that you are a really good player. Like, you have to put in the work. Nothing, nobody is going to lay out the red carpet for you. And I think that that mindset change and that level of hunger, that that competitive fire was reinvigorated with Mick Cronin coming in with the program. Also, Tracy was asked about Chris Smith, and obviously his leadership capabilities have been blossoming. And to think about where this guy has come, not just his game, but you know his ability to connect with his teammates. And his biggest knock has been consistency. Like, you get a good game out of him, and why can't we see another one right after that? And, and Tracy said, look, as far as that's concerned, he's always had it. He went on to say, you wonder why Chris has had no consistency. He wasn't asked to have this much consistency when referring to the prior coaching staff, saying that Smith looks the part, he's long, he's athletic, he's built like a pro, and he's got a skill set that's now coming out. 
because Cronin is like, we need you. Like, we have a need for you, and there's really no choice but to be the guy on this team. So it was like, you're, what do they call it, baptism by fire, where you're thrown into something and you have no choice but to be a leader. And then Tracy followed that up and said, well, how does, it, how does a, a prior coaching staff not see the greatness in Chris Smith? How do they swing and miss and not see that, that this guy had so much capability and they were not able to utilize it? So props once again to Mick Cronin for harnessing that potential, seeing what what Chris Smith is able to do, his you know what his what he's capable of doing, and how he can help this team a lot better than the prior coaching staff. Tracy went on to say that Chris Smith goes as the team goes, and then I asked him this question about Cody Riley because we have seen him in the last two games scoring double figures, and he's really getting it and playing with a whole lot more passion. And I said, what do you think has led to this? And basically, Tracy said that a lot of times when it comes to Cody Riley, he doesn't know how to play out of double teams, but he's becoming more aware of his spacing and where he fits. And I feel he's bought in a lot more recently. And now the team... believes in him, I think he's believing in himself more. And sometimes a young team needs that. Sometimes it's hard to generate your own self-confidence. And you need somebody to tell you you're good in a way not to be fake or, you know, to like to flatter you, but to like build up the confidence, build the Lego pieces of your confidence for you then to say, you know what, Coach Cronin's right. I have talent, and now I got to show it on the court. So I think the teammates and Coach Cronin have pushed a little confidence onto Cody Riley, and now he's seeing it himself. And I think what the coach and the players did is they started the fire. They 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 lit the fuse inside of that that belly of Cody Riley, and now to be an attacking force and someone to to rely on. Coming up next on the program, we will get a couple quotes from Cody Riley from the recent media availability session. Also coming up on the program, my keys to the game as I lay out what it's going to take for UCLA to beat Utah on the road. As expected, Chris Smith dominated the questions that were being asked to the players and McCronin during the latest media session heading into the Bruins game today against Utah. And McCronin weighing in on the emergence of Chris Smith. And he said what's made him play so much better recently, quote, is his selection of attacks. He That has improved on offense. He's being more judicious, reading defenses. And then McCronin stressed, that while he is attacking offensively, he's not making as many mistakes. He's not turning the ball over. Cronin did say that he's not so much self-critical when describing Chris Smith, but Chris Smith has a great level of self-awareness. And what that does, according to Cronin, is that gives Chris Smith a level of humility where he doesn't just shun the coaches when they criticize them. He actually listens to them, what a concept, right, and is more coachable. And it's funny when you take criticism and you realize that it's in your best interest, that the person that's trying to help you wants to see you thrive and you listen to them. 
that you get a lot better. So sometimes dropping the ego can take you to places further than trying to think like you're a know-it-all. And that goes for anything in life. And I, I think we can all learn from that. I, I always feel like that's a, something that we can all learn. Also, as far as Chris Smith, you had Cody Riley being asked about Chris Smith. And Cody Riley said that he and Chris Smith were, were roommates as freshmen. And he said, you know, yeah, Chris is a guy, as far as his temperament, he doesn't like to go out. He's kind of a homebody, stays in. And he says, those guys play a lot of video games. And then he was asked, like, what video games do Chris Smith and, and, and Cody Riley, you know, play together? And, and Cody said, we play, like, Star Wars and, and Call of Duty and all that stuff. And they, they watch a lot of basketball. So they definitely like to stay in. And then you had what Cody Riley said about the the confidence he has in Chris Smith. He said, Chris, take all the shots you want because when we have Jalen Hill and myself referring to Cody Riley on the court, if you miss the shot, we're going to get your rebound. And then the follow-up question came right afterwards was, how do you think that you, Cody Riley, and Jalen Hill play when you're both on the court at the same time? And he said, did, did Cody that we feed off of each other, and we're both talking about there in different ways. But we help set the standard for communication and letting defense, our defense, know who goes where, when. So that's big because when those two are on the court, good luck if, you, if you're the other team trying to get a rebound. And if you remember Jalen Hill against Utah, in the first meeting between these two, Jalen Hill set some great ball screens, and that enabled Cody O'Reilly to launch a bunch of shots. He went off. He had 22 points. And what Tiger said, on top of praising Hill for setting good ball screens in that last game against Utah, Tiger Campbell said that having Hill and Riley on the floor at the same time helps the spacing, opens up the driving lanes, and so then that enables the guards like Chris Smith and Tiger Campbell to find seams to the rim. And then their offense is able to get going. But as far as where this team is, Mick Cronin says that their defense and their offense are becoming more consistent. Key word is consistent. It used to be, okay, we see a flash of what this team is capable of doing, and then we never see that again for the rest of the game. It's kind of like if you go out on the golf course and you have that one or two good, good shots or you have a great hole you play, but you can never put it all together. And you're wondering, well, when is it all going to come together? Well, it is starting to come together for this UCLA team. And I, I got to, as I finish off this segment, I got to say something from Mick Cronin and what he said about Jaime Hawkes. And if you remember, just yesterday we had a great interview on the show, a one-on-one -on -one interview with Jaime Hawkes. And if you haven't checked it out, download the podcast from yesterday as I ask him a bevy of different questions. And this was an interview courtesy of Learfield IMG College and the Bruin Insider Show. But a really neat interview gives you a better sense of this guy's personality and what he's all about. But as Cronin giving us an update on, on how Jaime's doing, he said his effort and toughness, he, he's consistent with those, thing, with those things. And that Cronin said that Jaime is like a veteran. He, he's such a tough guy. Yeah, his shooting comes and goes. But then Cronin said, quote, I don't know where we'd be without him.
That's big. I don't know where we, we would be without him. And I've said this before. To turn a program around, you need like that one piece that embodies what you're trying to do. And then it spreads. So it can be contagious. What was the prototypical player for Mick Cronin when he came to this program? It's Jaime Hawkes. And he has one gear and it is six gear. He, he never stops. And when players around the team see that, they want to be like that. Because I think if you don't be like Jaime Jaquez, you're not cool. And if you're not cool, I mean, is there anything worse in the world if you're a millennial or, or whatnot and you're not labeled cool? Like, you got to be cool, right? So the cool thing right now is becoming what Jaime Jaquez is doing. So if you're a player on this team and you want to be cool, you got to follow what he's doing. It didn't used to be like that. But that's because you have a guy like Jaquez who does exactly what Mick Cronin says. He is the prototypical example of what Mick Cronin wants out of a culture. It's like watering or planting seeds. You plant the seed, that's Jaime Jaquez. You water it, and then it blooms and it spreads. And that's what it's doing right now with this team. And what was fascinating to me is that when Mick Cronin first got to UCLA, and he had to recruit Jaime Jaquez and Jake Kyman because... Those guys were still committed verbally, but they hadn't signed until McCronin was already at UCLA. So what you had was Cronin saying, I didn't ever get a chance to watch Jake Kyman in high school, like in person, but I did get to see Jaime Jaquez in person. And he said that the one thing that was so enlightening and fun to see is that with Kaiman, or excuse me, with, with Jaime Jaquez, he saw the beginnings, even in high school, that this guy was playing with a ton of heart and playing with a lot of passion and always working hard. But he's been pleasantly surprised as Cronin at sustaining that at all times. Like, you don't just get one game where you're playing hard. Like, he is sustaining this level at all times. And now that, that level of, of effort is reverberating and trickling around amongst the teammates. Jaime Jaquez is the reason for this turnaround. If he's not on this team, like Cronin said, who knows where this team would be. All right, coming up next, my three keys to the game. We've got a big one tonight on the road against Utah, and we'll line it all up for you as to what to expect. All right, so UCLA taking on Utah tonight in Salt Lake City, 7.30 p.m. tip-off. Pacific time and obviously tomorrow we will have a comprehensive breakdown on the game and we'll tell you all of the pertinent storylines to come out of it but before we get to all that we've got a game to play and then before the game we've got my three keys to that game where I outline what I think will be the difference makers in a UCLA win against Utah. Let's start with number one and that is Halting Utah from three-point territory. If you've looked at all the games where UCLA has fallen behind and has been put in a quandary, it's because the other team gets hot from three-point territory. It pains me to bring this up, but you remember the Arizona State game where they seemingly could not miss. 
or the Hofstra game or the loss to Cal State Fullerton and they got hot in the second half. Oregon as well. All of these games were because we got outshot from three-point territory and they just got in this rhythm. We cannot allow our perimeter defense to settle in and get complacent. We've got to be able to close out well, rotate, communicate, and get a hand in, in one's face and be up for the task. The second key to the game I have is limiting Booth Gotch. Now, this is a guy for Utah who reminds me of that flaky girlfriend who you just never know if she's going to show up for the date because this guy will show up in big games where Utah had wins against Nevada, Minnesota, and Kentucky, and in those three games, he averaged 18 points per game. But then there are other games, and yes, he's had an injury he's weathered through, but the game before the injury, he was averaging four points per game. And during that stretch, two for 22 from three-point territory. All signs point to Booth Gotch playing in this game. But again, it's a mystery as to what we're going to see out of him and how productive he's going to be. But the probability of him being productive at home is a lot more because the Utes are so much better at home. It's crazy to think it. I mean, every team, more or less, plays better at home. But how different this team looks on the road and when they play at home, it, it, it's, it's very a stark contrast from being 10-1 and one at home this season to 1-7 on the road. One and seven on the road, and then you have the neutral contests as well, excluding those. But ten and one and one and seven. My goodness, the the only loss that the Utes have had at home this year was against Oregon. Oregon's a really good team. They're tied for first in the Pac-12 standings. So, look, if you're looking for a barometer as to how big a win this would be for UCLA, don't look at Utah's five and eight record in the Pac-12. Look at their record at home, and that only Oregon has come out of Utah and won. So that's going to tell you something about this team. And again, another sign that if they can win this one, that they are trending in the right direction in, of course, a big way. My third key to the game is winning the battle on the boards, obviously. And that means Jalen Hill has got to play play better. Cody Riley has been taking some of the attention away from Jalen Hill and Cody Riley has been playing well he's had back-to-back games where he's dominated offensively and been so strong on the defensive end as well and that's kind of put Jalen Hill at more of a second act and as Tracy Murray said on Tuesday's Bruin Insider show Jalen Hill's got to wake up because you've got to find a way to be able to play both of those guys and have them both play well. I think right now we're at a point. Before when this season just started, you were lucky to get one of those guys playing well in a game. Now you're at least getting one of them playing well in every game. Now the next step is getting both of them to play well in a game. And if they can do that in this game, as well as the other two keys to the game, UCLA is guaranteed a win. So have a lot of fun watching this one. I know I will. I'll be watching intently. Coming up tomorrow, we have obviously the breakdown of this contest upcoming. Also want to share with you some fun revisionist history as we look back at where UCLA would have would have stood when they played the games that they already played if they were playing as good as they are now. So 
if UCLA is playing like they have right now, and we started the season all over again, which of those losses would have been wins? We'll have some fun debating that. And certainly, if you want to chime in, you are more than welcome to Locked On Bruins at gmail.com. Also, Raymond checked in, and he had some interesting comments that we will dissect as well on Monday on the program as far as Chris Smith and his attraction or the the NBA's attraction to Chris Smith and how he's helping boost his cause and plus the offense and where it continually needs to improve in what areas and so much more. So appreciate Raymond and his time and his comments, and we'll get to those on Monday. And have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the game tonight. I'm Brian Fenley.